0: Hi, I'm Pastor Bill Sang from Faith Presbyterian Church. I'd like to thank you for joining us for today's message. We have been in the book of Genesis. We are in Genesis chapter 2, and there's been a particular theme that we've had throughout this chapter so far, rightly interpreting God's Word. And today I'm going to be talking about a topic I'm really passionate about, and the title of the message says it all. God is pro-life. So let me read to you an excerpt from... An article from the Christian Left blog. The title of the post is, The Bible Tells Us When a Fetus Becomes a Living Being. It says, Many people think that a human being is created at the time of conception, but this belief is not supported by the Bible. The author goes on to cite Genesis 2-7, Job 33-4, and Ezekiel 37-5-6. And at first glance, you look at this article, you see the scriptures that are citing, you say, okay, they provided scriptural support for their point. Clearly, they must have a case here. This is why it is important to understand God's word and to know the context in which it is written as well. So the title of the blog was, The Bible Tells Us When a Fetus Becomes a Living Being. The first scripture that it cited was Genesis 2-7. So, how about we read Genesis 2-7 to see what it says to us. It says, Then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground, and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living being. If I may, I am going to ask a few questions about this verse. Does it talk about babies or Fetuses in this verse. Does it talk about when an unborn baby is considered to be alive? This verse is actually describing the creation of the first man. It actually does not address the topic that the article claim that it does. There is nothing that the devil enjoys more than twisting God's word for malevolent purposes. You can remember when Jesus was being tempted in the wilderness by the devil and the devil takes Jesus to the highest point in Jerusalem and tells him to jump and he even says this to him. He says, It is written, he will give his angels orders concerning you and they will support you with their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Satan used Psalm 91 verses 11 and 12 to tempt Jesus to do the unthinkable. Here's another scenario. When the serpent was testing Eve, he said to her, did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? Now Eve quickly picked up on what the serpent had said, and she responded, no, we are allowed to eat from all of the trees of the garden. Just not the one in the middle. If we eat from that one, we will die. And you remember the serpent's response? You certainly will not die. You'll be like God, knowing good and evil. Clearly, the snake lied. It reminds me of the lyrics of an old Al Wilson song called The Snake. Now, you may have heard this song before, And the way that it goes, a woman comes across this snake that's out in the cold and it's freezing to death. So it cries out to the woman and asks her to take him in so that he may not die, but instead live. So she takes the snake to her house, wraps it up in a nice cozy blanket, puts it by the fire, and the snake begins to thaw out and it starts to feel better. So the woman gives the snake a hug, but instead of thanking the woman, the snake bites her. And these are some of the words from the song. The woman responds, I saved you, cried the woman, and now you've bitten me. Even why? And you know your bite is poisonous, and now I'm going to die. Oh, be quiet, silly woman, said the reptile with a grin. Now you knew very well that I was a snake before you brought me in. (laughs) Isn't that a wise lesson? The devil tries to entice us through whatever ways he finds us weak. That is why 1 Corinthians 10, 12 says, So if you think you're standing firm, be careful that you don't fall. No temptation is overtaking you except what is common to mankind. The temptations of the devil are common. They are appealing. They might even seem innocent enough and maybe even the best solutions to your problems. I think, in my first semester of bioethics. And one question that we had to answer was, is it okay to lie to patients to avoid unnecessary stress? So we were given this case study about a man who's about to go on vacation to Hawaii, but he stopped at his physician's office first to be screened for cancer. And it turns out the doctor discovered that the man did have cancer, but they could treat it. And so instead of telling the man who had cancer, that he had cancer, he told him that everything was all right. Now the doctor's reasoning was that he would tell the patient later after he got back from Hawaii so that he would not ruin his vacation. Now, this might sound very great from a worldly perspective, but it is not something that we should do according to the ways of God. The Bible itself tells us God's ways lead to life and life more abundantly. One of the most hotly contested issues in American history is that of abortion. It is oftentimes called a woman's right to choose, and anyone who defies the pro-abortion industry is said to want to control women's bodies and their lives. God pro-life he loves babies he loves unborn babies his law requires that those who would harm babies or that would exploit children should be judged as the song says jesus loves the little children at one point even jesus himself was a little baby do you remember the gospel of luke when mary went to visit? Her aunt, while they were both pregnant, Mary had just been informed that she was with child. And uh, and Elizabeth, her aunt, had been pregnant for six months by the time that Mary had visited her. And when Mary was in the presence of Elizabeth, the baby inside of Elizabeth, remember that was John the Baptist, leapt for joy because he sensed that he was in the presence of his cousin, the Messiah, even though... Jesus had just been conceived. So this is an important topic. You would not know where to stand if it was not for a biblical worldview. The world provides all sorts of justifications for abortion, and it convinces itself of each and every one of them. These include beliefs like someone might not be ready to have children. I don't think that Mary and Joseph we were quite ready to have children when Mary became pregnant with Jesus. Others believe that children are career killers. Well, I don't know if you've ever heard of Joanna Gaines, but she's a very successful businesswoman. Some say that if a child is born into poverty, their life will be filled with only suffering. Well, what about Dr. Ben Carson, the first man to separate conjoined twins at the brain? Barack Obama said that one mistake should not affect a young woman for the rest of their lives. He even personalized his stance, uh, his pro-abortion stance, by bringing his daughters into it. He said, I've got two daughters. If they make a mistake, I don't want them punished with a baby. That is not a Christian perspective. It is a worldly perspective that is fueled by Satan's lies. And yet it is a perspective that is held by far too many people that attend church on Sundays. People used to rejoice when they got news that they were with child, that they were pregnant. Abraham and Sarah are celebrated as the father and mother of our faith. And that was because they held on to the faith, the hope that one day, that they would have a child even though Sarah was barren. And you might be certain that as centenarians, they knew that life was gonna be a little bit more challenging with little baby Isaac running around. My point is this, Satan's deceptions know no bounds. He wants to lie, steal, kill, and destroy. Most people who believe that abortion is all right I don't think they really intend to harm anybody. Although I will say that I think the people who are pushing the agenda of abortion most certainly do intend harm toward other people. Those who simply are all right with abortion though, I think that they simply do not have a biblical worldview. They do not know what God's word says on the topic. We can't be those people as Christians we have to be in the word. Human lives, babies' lives are far too precious to be taken by some sick deception from Satan. We are responsible as followers of Jesus to protect the lives of those who cannot protect themselves. God declared to the prophet Jeremiah in Jeremiah 1:5, "Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart." I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. God knew the purposes he had for you before you were born, just like he knew the purposes of Jeremiah before he was born. And so we must embrace and protect God's gift of life. I'd like to thank you for joining us for today's message. Again, my name is Pastor Bill Sang with Faith. Presbyterian Church. I'd like to invite you to attend our church services at 10 30 in the morning on Sundays. Also feel free to check out our message at faithoffinley.org and don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. Thank you.